Liz Seneker. Since I was 18 years old, I have been fascinated by success. Whether it was success in business, in life, in relationships, I have made it my mission to learn everything I can. And these lessons have changed my life. In the last nine years, I've attended conferences, read books, and met successful people from all walks of life all around the world who are living their best life. And I'm here to help you do the same. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the I Can Do This podcast. My name is Liz, and I am your host. Today, I have a very special guest coming on the podcast today to talk about truth and reconciliation. Terry has been the chief of Pabano First Nation since April of 2020 and has been a part of the council there for the last 10 plus years. Before that, he was formerly in capital construction and served in the armed forces for 25 years. As our father of two, these roles have built a strong servant heart that lies within a great leader. Today, we have the honor of discussing and sharing this space together to discuss truth and reconciliation for those who maybe don't really know what it's about and what happened to those who were affected by it, as well as covering topics on how to honor the survivors and their hope for moving forward. So, Terry, why don't you say hi and introduce yourself? Well, thanks, Liz. I appreciate the opportunity to come on and have a chat with you. Uh, obviously, this is uh, something that's very dear and uh, to my heart uh, mm-hmm. when we talk about uh, truth and reconciliation and specific reconciliation, as well as, you know, uh, we also talk about uh, consultation. And sometimes when you deal with government, they're, they're just words when you hear those things. You know, they say consultation, they say reconciliation. But, you know, do they really do something about it? And it's sort of discouraging sometimes because if you look in New Brunswick as an example, you know, the federal government uh, with with the present uh, um, uh, decision to make September 30th uh, a holiday, mm-hmm. we now have, we're now at a point where, you know, the provincial government here in New Brunswick has decided that all provincial workers are going to go to work. But what, what is heartwarming is you see that the, the stance that a lot of the local communities have come forward and they've said, well, you know, maybe the province is going to do that, but we're going to take this day to, to, mm-hmm. to reflect what's happened to Aboriginal people in this country. And, and it's really nice to see that. So, you know, uh, here in Pabano, we're only a small community. Obviously, we're only, you know, 345 roughly members. So mm-hmm. we're very small. One of those members, obviously, as yes. well. So it's <laughs> nice to get a chance to chat with you. So uh, I think, you know, we're, we're looking from our perspective, uh, economic growth is really important. And yeah. obviously, we put a lot of emphasis here in Pabano on economic growth and partnerships, uh, partnerships in regards to uh, the mayors and the local communities and, and establishing those those relationships because we are neighbors so we, you know it's nice to get to know one another and uh, mm-hmm. you know i've had the opportunity i'm very fortunate i i speak french so i've had an opportunity to go to the to the local because a lot of the local communities here are acadian mm-hmm. and i've got to uh, you know celebrate acadia acadia day with them and uh, and, and there is a strong bond between the mi'kmaq in new brunswick and the acadians uh when you look at expulsion uh when it happened it was really the aboriginals who came to the rescue of uh i shouldn't say came to the rescue but they took the uh, took the acadians under their wing and mm-hmm. and, and helped through those hard times so so it's really nice to see that happening here and and we have some reconciliation you know that that's happening and but the sad part is we're doing it without the support of government which is mm-hmm. unfortunate but it's it's one of the things that happens um you know when we talk about uh, truth and reconciliation you know there's there's so many things there to, to talk about i mean when you hear the stories of the residential school system, I mean, it's only coming to light now when you mm-hmm. look at what's happening out there. We have, you know, 6,000 plus unmarked graves found to date. You know, that number is probably going to grow. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, and, and people are becoming desensitized slightly to it, yeah. you know, which is unfortunate because, you know, it, it, it's something that's serious. And, and yeah. you know, the, the sad part, you know, I always like to put things in perspective. I always tell people, well, look at what happened with the World Trade Center. Mm-hmm. 3,000 people were killed in the World Trade Center attacks. And we pause and, for one holiday every single year to honor all of the people that were lost in that tragic event. But we exactly. can't take a holiday for 6,000 kids. Yeah. It almost, when you say desensitized, it kind of reminds me, it's like, it is easy to get there. Just like when you think of like homeless people, it's easy to get desensitized and not think of them as humans. And I think the best analogy that I could think of, and and then we'll, we'll get back on point, but the best analogy that I could think of when I was thinking about this is like, it would be like, if you are not related to someone that's been affected by a genocide of some kind, Thinking about the movie like Marvel where they're battling Thanos and he snaps his fingers and kills half of the world. And that moment, everyone was thinking like, my child, my aunt, my grandma, my sister, I miss them so much, like my best friend. And these people never got that chance. They never got the chance to be, you know, someone's aunt. (laughs) So emotional. Someone's best friend. Yeah. You know, you're 100% right. You know, I mean, that's what I think people have to realize. These were somebody's brother, son, yeah, daughter, sister. Best friend. You know, they had grandparents. They had parents. And, and I think that's the unfortunate part is we've disconnected from that. And, and, you know, until people are brought to justice. And, you know, this is this is the one thing I, I always stress when I, you know, I've had the opportunity to sit with some um, uh, residential school survivors. And the stories are heart-wrenching. Yeah. You know, I'd like to share just just a few of them with you. Yeah, as, as let's go back to the past. Let's talk. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about what you have personally experienced with your own family, or what you have heard of from the community ourselves. I would love to start there. Sure, and and, and you know, it, it's it's not only the residential school system, and I, and I just want to say that because mm-hmm. there's also the sixty scoop, the day school system, you know, it, it, the the reserve system in itself. Mm-hmm. which is a colonialized system, right? It's a system. No, no first nation want, said, this is where we want our reserve. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of this land, but you know, when you talk about the residential school system in some of the communities and, and, and there was one here in Atlantic Canada in Shubi in uh, Nova Scotia, uh, Shubinaki. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they, they, they took the kids down there and I've had the opportunity to sit with some, uh, some, some residential school survivors from Yale River Bar. Um, and, uh, you know, because Pabano was just at the at the at the sign of getting um, established as a reserve, mm-hmm. we did. They weren't taking the kids away to the residential school. We ended up suffering from the sixty scoop more than we right. did the residential. We can talk about that as well. But you know, that's what we really suffered from here. Uh, but you know, the residential school survivors. When you talk to them and some of these stories, um, you know, I, I I personally can tell you my grandmother mm-hmm. was um, what she would do is she would go down the states and pick tomato, uh, potatoes yeah. to make make ends meet. Uh, uh, she, went, she ended up, she was pregnant, and she didn't speak a word of English. Mm-hmm. She, she only spoke Mi'kmaq. And she had her baby in the states, and they took the baby away from her. Oh, my goodness. Um, and um, so she, she was in a panic. She didn't know what to do, but she, they took the baby, put it into the, into the child care system in the states. Mm-hmm. She went back with the with uh, a friend from the reserve when she came back to try to get her child and they said no it's too late the child's gone wow so this uh this lady 
was about probably three years ago, turned 95 years old. Mm -hmm. And my nephew did some research and we found her. Oh my gosh. But this lady grew up in the States, never knowing she had siblings. Wow. Never knowing she had a family. Wow. She knew because of how she looked, right? She was Aboriginal, but she never knew. So the the irony of this is that she was my aunt. Mm-hmm. And only, you know, the only, I, I got to at least FaceTime her because she was down in New Mexico. She was in poor health by the time I got to meet her. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of my aunt, my only surviving aunt, who was the youngest in the family at the time, 85, mm-hmm. down and actually met her. Wow. So at least she had the peace of knowing that, you know, she was reinstated with family. But that's only one example. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, I, I sat with uh, some of the residential school survivors, you know, and, uh, you know, one of the things they would do to the girls, mm-hmm. uh, if they had to use the washroom, they would give them, if they had to go pee, they were given one square of toilet paper, oh one square. Gosh. Oh my gosh. If they had to go poop, they were given two squares. Oh my gosh. Then when they were finished, they came out of the bathroom and they were inspected. Oh my gosh. If there was any stains on their undergarments. Yeah. Forced to take them off and put them on their head and wear it around school all day. You know, if that's not mental abuse, I mean, and that's above and beyond the physical and sexual abuse that yeah. we all know about. Yeah. Uh, you know, food. Um, they weren't giving very good meals. They were given one meal a day. But they were starving. So what they would do is they would take the food and put it in their pockets, mm-hmm. like to save it for later, yeah. like eat, but go back for seconds and thir- as much as they could in that one meal. Yeah. And uh, they ended up finding out and they made them all sew their pockets oh. so they couldn't eat food anywhere. So, you know, when you listen to these people telling these stories, yeah. you know, it's heart wrenching. It really is. Yeah. 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 And, you know, that's the past. I know, I know, you know, people say, you know, get over it. <laughs> I've heard that many yeah. times from lots of people. And what do you want us to do about it? Mm-hmm. You know, well, let's start by bringing some of these people to justice. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, that's some of these people are still alive. Yeah. And inflicted these kind, this kind of mental abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse against these people, against our people, killed our people. Yeah. You killed Aboriginal people, and, and 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 you know if that was anywhere else, yeah, you know we talked about as an example, you know, uh, you know, nine eleven brought a country, it polarized the United States, and it brought the world together. Mm-hmm. Three thousand people, we've doubled that. Yeah, it's just that's like I said, it's 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 really heart wrenching, and I think you know, it's going to be a difficult time to have until people are brought to justice. There's going to be a feeling then of some closure. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think when thinking about the past, it can get really overwhelming, but I think it's just important to hold the space that it, it's tragic and sad. And just to think about maybe not necessarily like all 6,000 kids at once, but just thinking about like, like one at a time, like, you know, someone's best friend is gone forever because of this injustice or one family, like the ripple effect of abuse, like ripples through generations until they get proper adequate help. And uh, not saying that we can, like, all be the fix-it people, but I think when we look at people that are broken, maybe we can look with more kindness and generosity and more understanding and and hoping to help and try to figure out a way to build community. Because I know one thing I see in Pabano that I maybe don't see other places or I'm just unaware of in other places is that they're very, like, 
in the community, they want to work with everyone to build everyone up, even though they've came from, you know, everyone's came from a horrible past. And I think that that's just an amazing example of like, you know, yes, we went through a very traumatic thing, but like we're here to rise up together. And Truth and Reconciliation Day may be a time to reflect on the past of the sadness and and maybe to be a listening ear, but I think that's just, yeah, you first have to reflect on the past before we can move forward. We can't just, like, be like, what do you want to do about it? Like, you have to take the time to process and and then move forward. So that kind of dovetails into my next question. But before, I want to talk about the present, but before that, I think you should talk about the 60s scoop because I don't think a lot of people are aware of what that is, and I don't think I'm well enough aware to explain it. So I think you should touch on that really quickly while we're talking about the past. Yeah, sure. Liz. What happened there in the 60s scoop is they came into First Nation communities and they they, they made snap decisions that uh, people weren't, uh, they weren't a good enough parent to look after their children. Mm-hmm. So they took the children and adopted them out. Yeah. We have probably 20 to 30 kids that were taken from our community and given away wow. to other people, you know, through adoption. Now, not, you know, some may have been justified, but some weren't, mm-hmm. you know, really, when you take, when you look at that, you talked about it really good too. And I like that. You talked about the intergenerational hurt, mm-hmm. you know, when you take away a person's identity and who they are yeah. as a person. That's that you're taking away some strength from that individual. And that, and that's what's happened right with the 60 scoop. Uh, they took that away. Mm-hmm. And, and the day school system was another thing where they, you know, they said, okay, well, the day school system was much like, uh, the residential school system, except it was part-time as a day school. Mm. So it was still to get, and pardon my my language, it was yeah. to take the Indian out of the child. That's yeah. what it was to do, right? Just like the residential school. It was to assimilate and get, you know, take the Indian out of the child, make it so that they're no longer, you know, take away the language, take away the culture, and, and to bring them, you know, into what people classified as mainstream society. Mm-hmm. And and it's unfortunate, right? And that's, that's where we've lost that... Uh, that hurt and, and you know getting over it is, is understanding it mm-hmm. and I think that's what's so important is that we understand what happened in the past so it doesn't happen again which is one of the things we've done uh, recently within uh, a lot of the provinces across Canada and and it's starting in some provinces there's still if you look at the numbers it's it's atrocious mm-hmm. uh, the First Nation kids that are in uh, actually in the uh, CPS system it's uh, the Child Protection Services is crazy it's it so what we've done now is we've gone into our own communities, sought out families that are strong, mm-hmm. you know, that have a good family background. So now when kids and you have kids that are having, or, you know, because of the intergenerational mm-hmm. uh, hurt, all this other stuff where there's drug abuse and, 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 you know, neglect, these kids now are going into those families while the parents are able to seek help. Yeah. So they don't. You know, they're not out of their culture. They're not out of their language. You know, they're, they're, they're back in there. Yeah. And I think that's that's the key. And that's what we've got to do right across Canada, I think. And, uh, you know, I know we're really pushing that here in New Brunswick. And we've had some families here. And, and it's working well. That's awesome. You know, the hard part, the hard part actually is, is, you know, some of these kids are going with uh, with these support families for two years. So they're developing a really strong bond. Yeah. And the parents are wanting to adopt those kids into their family. <laughs> Obviously, they come from, you know, if the, yeah. if the whole idea is to get the parents back with their family and keep the family unit strong. Yeah. And, and I think we're, we're starting to accomplish that. And that's nice to see. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's going to save, you know, that's that's all part of it. But but the history is so important. And, and you know, Truth and Reconciliation Day is a day to, to, to reflect. That's yeah. what I, I, as I tell people, reflect. Yeah. I know when it was initially scheduled right next to Canada Day, there was a lot of, like, uproar about, like, cancel Canada Day in Alberta. I wasn't sure I felt that that was the right choice because, like, we were just coming out of a massive lockdown. And it was like you're asking people essentially to cancel Christmas, Thanksgiving, birthdays, Easter and it's like i i agree we should have a day but we shouldn't let's pick a different day like let's the people have let have let people be happy coming out of covid but like let's pick a different day to think back on the horrible things that happened just like kind of like 9/11 so let's talk about the present what do you think uh, non-aboriginal people could do to honor this day or to get to know the community a bit better you know, and that's a great question because I know what we're doing here in Pabano is we're having a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be we're going to be doing a little ceremony. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've invited all the surrounding communities. I mean, with COVID, it's challenging, obviously, yeah. but it's going to be outside, so we're able to um, invite a few more people. Mm-hmm. They'll be masking, social distancing. I mean, you still have to. We're going to ask for proof of vaccination, just to, you know, to do the steps that you have to. <laughs> now you don't really mm-hmm. have much choice. But, you know, what we've told people is for those who can't, you know, take a chance, take, take the time to read some literature. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of literature out there. There's a lot of books that have been written, you know. Uh, Sa- the Savage is one of the books that comes to mind, you know. And, and these are the books you can actually pick up and read and and, and, and have a look at and, and, and get to understanding of, of where Aboriginal people are coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people say, oh, why do Aboriginal people have such a chip on their shoulder? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, we live in Canada. We were the first people of Canada, and yet we're treated like strangers in our own land. Yeah. You know, and 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 I think that's the healing process we're going to we're, we're trying to establish. And and I know here in in Pavano, we've we've done that with our neighbors. We're we're you know, um, we're we're getting that strong bond. I mean, there's one thing that ties everybody together, mm-hmm. and I always say that it's the economy. Mm-hmm. I mean. We can sit, we can argue about everything else, and we can agree to disagree about rights. We can dis- disagree about it. But you know what? The economy is something we can all agree on. Mm-hmm. So how can we start the economy? How can we work together? And I'm, I'm a firm believer that if, you know, if you address the economy and you grow, a lot of those other things are going to take care of themselves. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you if you help people pay their bills, then they can almost, they can figure out most things. Like they can take the time to get the therapy or they can pay for the medicine or they can pay for the you know what whatever resources that they need to help with everything else yeah that's a great point yeah, yeah it, it, it's exactly right and not only that as you grow you can provide more services right mm-hmm. so now you bring in your own on top of what services you have and you're going to address a lot of that stuff so so i think that's the key for us is growing the economy we have a strong team here everybody's got the same vision of trying to make the economy grow mm-hmm. and, and, and we're really working on that here and, and i think a lot of the other first nations are attempting to do that some you know it's capacity right yeah some, some have capacity some don't uh some know the formula some still trying to figure out the formula you know so we try to bring everybody in with us to to, to get it growing but it's not always successful unfortunately but yeah. but you know what we're, we're working at our pace and i think <clears throat> when you talk about what can a person do Mm-hmm. educate themselves that's what i always tell people you know because the one thing that's not taught in our school system is our aboriginal history yeah and the reason for that we're a young country we're only you know, 150 years old i mean mm-hmm. 175 we're not that old right we're not mm-hmm. 20 years old 
that's young for a country. Yep. And, you know, it's not a good history. Yeah. You know, we know that. But yet we'll teach about Adolf Hitler in the Second World War in our history books. Yeah. We'll teach about, Hotel you Rwanda know. Hotel and the genocide. Yeah. But we won't talk about the, because it's too close to home, I think. So yeah. until we start getting that put into our school system where people can start to understand, we've got to get that in some generation where people can say, I get it. I know I know what's happened. We're going to make sure it doesn't happen again. And yeah. then you have an understanding of where Aboriginal people are coming from, I believe. Absolutely. I think another great point is maybe to even try to participate in events going on. Like, I think, I think Papano is very open that if you want to come to the pancake breakfast, to meet people, you're more than welcome to. I don't know if you guys have... I know my grandma's a big fan of bingo, but I don't know if that's, like, specifically on the reserve or off. But, you know, go somewhere and make a friend who isn't... That doesn't, like, think like you, dress like you, and talk like you. Because that'll expand your world vision so much and, I think, help with so many things we don't necessarily understand and make us a more compassionate society. So. Oh, you're 100% right, you know. And, and I'm, we're talking about the Aboriginal, but I'm talking about all cultures. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I had a chance to participate in a multicultural day the other day where we were getting people from other countries who were getting their citizenship, their Canadian citizenship. The mayor of Bathurst invited me to go yeah. and welcome them because we were the first people and she felt it was necessary for us to welcome them to Canada. Yeah. Now that is, you know, that kind of um, forward thinking mm-hmm. is, you know, that's all part of that reconciliation word, right? Yeah. It's getting to know us and saying, you know what? It's not for me to welcome here. You, It's your land. She knows it's unceded Mi'kmaq territory here in New Brunswick. She said, you guys should be inviting them, you know, welcoming them in yes. with open arms. And that, yes. that's the kind of forward thinking we need. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. And then the last question that I have was just kind of, um, I wanted to hear your thoughts on the future for Pabano and all Aboriginal communities moving forward, um, what you were hoping to see them do or accomplish, or some things that uh, you want to see come into fruition. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Well, Elizabeth, I guess from my perspective, it's economic growth, like I said, yeah. right? We want to grow as much as we can. We have a lot of, uh, you know, I, I like uh, my brother's counselor here and, and uh, Sue as well. And, you know, they always say we're going to be the mouse that roars. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's key. We're a small community and we want to show that size doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, we're small, but we're going to be able to accomplish a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, what I'd like to see in New Brunswick, and, and I push this right across the province, I would, because we're a bilingual province, I'd mm-hmm. like to see us a trilingual province. Okay. English, French, French, and Mi'kmaq or Wallisnikway, whatever language you want to pick, yeah. or you know, Passamaquoddy for that matter. So I would like to see everybody be able to speak three languages instead of two, yeah. which would make us speak in New Brunswick. Mm-hmm. I would like to see for Pabano, we have an app that's coming out. We're going to try to bring the language slowly back. So it's going to be simple words to start, yeah, uh, sentences, and then maybe the next app to come out will be an intermediate app, and then eventually advanced app. And then at the same time, we're trying to get you know, the language brought back into our school system. So yeah. I think, you know, for our youth, that would be great to, to learn the language. Um, history, I'd love to see Aboriginal history taught in schools. Mm-hmm. It's And it's coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, in New Brunswick, I can't speak for every um, province, mm-hmm. but I know in New Brunswick, we, <coughs> excuse me, we are working on that. Yeah. So there will be Aboriginal history, I think, which is important. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see a lot more people, you know, come back to Pabano. Obviously, we're a small community. We yeah. need to grow in capacity. Yeah. Uh, you know, 
people that come back bring some capacity back and and it, and, and that's how you're going to grow the community you know otherwise you end up imploding mm-hmm. so it's important you know and, and i like seeing that when people go out you know make their living uh do well and then they come back to the community and bring that wealth of knowledge back much what many of our you know the, the counselors we have here now have done that and and i think that's important because it brings yeah. that different perspective right it's not mm-hmm. only the the closed myopic reserve uh, perspective but you have the bigger uh perspective of worlds uh, you know how the how the rest of canada operates as well yes. and you back all that experience and, and that's important and and uh you know and plus you go back to you come back to where you're from i mean mm-hmm. everybody you know really this is the roots of people that are from the community so mm-hmm. you know the difference from aboriginal people compared to um uh, you know the average joe blow off the street you know down the road i always tell them i say well you can pick up and sell your house to whoever you want and move I have a house here. I can't sell my house to just anybody. Yeah. It has to be a band member. Yeah. So it's, yeah. you're in a difficult situation. Yeah, absolutely. When you talk about Papineau and what you want to see for the future, I think that one thing that I see is that the community is very orientated on like taking care of each other. Like very holistically, you take care of your elders and you provide opportunity for the younger people and you're looking to help the people that are struggling with addictions and mental illness to get better. Like it's it's just the example that you guys are setting. I do think when you say the mouse that roars like a lion, like that is what it is. Like you guys, when you are that mouse, like you're leading by example and I can see you guys pushing very hard to help your community out in so many levels like with the house building projects of teaching people the value of a home of teaching people how to take care of their own home and build in their own house and um equipping people on resources to help them get better jobs like that's something that i see that you guys are already doing but pushing really hard to create the success in the economy for the future and i hope that other communities can like see that in Pabano and almost start to develop that within themselves because Sometimes when you look at other communities, it's so focused on just individual, your success is your success. And if you beat me, then I lose. And it's like, no, we should work together as a community to take care of each other. You're a hundred percent right. You know, because that's how you're going to grow. And that's, and, and that's the, that's, that's the problem we have sometimes is like you said, we become myopic and we only think about me, 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 where you should be us, 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 because when you're, when everybody's successful, we're, you know, we're all successful. You as an individual are going to grow as well. Yes. And, and I think that's that's the key moving forward. I mean, you know, some of the things we've instilled, uh, you know, good governance, um, you know, I don't take <clears throat> like when, when people and you got to set the example, right? Mm-hmm. Leadership has to set the example. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like as an example, we get honorariums for going to meetings. I don't take those honorariums. Mm-hmm. I put them back into the band. And, uh, you know, last year I ended up being like twenty five thousand dollars. Yeah. So that money I was able to take and actually help people with funerals mm-hmm. you know there's a couple of members who died in the community they didn't have the funds to you know give a proper burial well i was able to tap into that money and give back mm-hmm. to the community and i think that's what we've got to start looking at right because that's like you said it's giving you know and that's how you're going to grow as a group all together yes. and i think that's the key and uh you're right you know you set the example and if other people want to follow they can follow if they don't yeah. i mean you can't you know you can't make them but at least mm-hmm. you're you know you can feel good knowing that you've done what's right and, uh, you know, we have a great membership. We have a great community. The leadership here is awesome. You know, I, I always say there's no I in team. And I believe that comes from my military training. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not one individual who makes this community. It's yeah. everybody. 
And, you know, you talked about, you know, our, our breakfast we have here every Tuesday, we have breakfast for everybody in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people come here and it, it, it gives them a, you know, I don't have to make breakfast this one day, right? Yeah. So they come <laughs> and they have breakfast. Yeah. And, and it's a socializing event too, though. You get to see everybody. Uh, those people that are having those addiction issues are coming in because they're hungry, right? Mm-hmm. So you can check up on them and, you know, listen, we've got this, you know, are you ready to come for help? Because obviously at the end of the day, it's the individual who decides. Yeah. Um, maybe they're not ready yet, but, you know, at least you can keep tabs on people. And, and uh, you know, that's that's all caring for one another. And, and I'm so happy with the people I have here and I'm happy with the community because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we're, we're advancing and I, I see big things uh, on the economic side. Stay tuned. There's some yeah. big big stuff coming mm-hmm. uh i'm pretty excited if it all if it all falls into place and i think uh you know it's going to give us that that ability and that base economically financially to mm-hmm. start addressing the other issues in our community mm-hmm. that's awesome and then coming out of today if our listeners are curious like what can they do i think the two things that i have made a note of was um or three things one do their own research like read up on some literature number two i'm going to say this in my own way, but we can change it if you feel necessary, but peacefully ask for justice because I know there's been some fire set to buildings and yeah, we're not, we're not no. asking for that. <laughs> that's not well, right. Violence doesn't solve violence, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, you know, if one thing I've learned in my 25 years in the military, I fought four conflicts. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I've been shot at enough. I don't want to get shot at anymore. Yeah. I, I think the way to deal with stuff is on a negotiating basis mm-hmm. and sit down and let's put our big people pants on and let's all sit at a table and talk Absolutely. and i think that's what's got to be happening with with the justice right and, yeah and and i know it's hard because there's a lot of hurt there right mm-hmm. i mean you hear some of these stories it's heart-wrenching right i mean i wasn't i wasn't raped i wasn't sexually abused i mean i wasn't at that school so yeah i can't put myself in that person's place so i always tell people you know another thing they can do and elizabeth i would yeah. say is listen listen to the people who have experienced it yeah Help them heal. Mm-hmm. That's the healing process. Mm-hmm. You know, for them to tell their story because they've said their story so many times and everybody was like, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. Nobody yeah. believed them. Yeah. Well, now, you know what? Now people do. Facts. Yeah, there's, you can't deny it, right? And so now I always tell people, leave them, listen to their story, understand the hurt, mm-hmm. and be part of the healing process because we all know that time heals all wounds. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take time. Absolutely. And then, so peacefully asking for justice is the second thing people can do. And the third thing was we push for success, whether that is working together with a community local to you or just in your own life, just understanding that we all face hardship. And that doesn't mean that we just are going to stop and wallow in it. We're going to honor it and respect it, but we're going to keep moving forward. We're going to show up. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's exactly right. You know, and that's what we've got to do. I mean, you know, it's, it's, I always have, you know, I, I, would, I had a good friend of mine one time, he was a lawyer. Uh, he worked for the Aboriginal uh, communities here in, in New Brunswick. He always said to me, $1 of $5 is better than $0 of $5. Mm-hmm. Oh, if you do enough of those projects where you're partnering with people, whether it's communities, whether it's institutes, you're going to get your $5. Mm-hmm. But it's just going to take a little longer. But at least you're developing that partnership, that understanding. So you're actually going to be even more successful because you're going to grow better. So, so you know, that's that's the key. And I think, you know, for, for us, I, I mean, I have a lot of non-Aboriginal friends now that, that I, I mean, I call all the mayors in, in, in all the communities my friend now because, you know, they, they understand. They get it. Mm-hmm. They know the hurt and the hardship, and they're saying, what can we do? Yeah. And you know, that's the key. And, and, and it's, it's sad that 
communities get it before government gets it sometimes, yeah. but it's the way it is. And if we go waiting for government, we're waiting forever. Mm -hmm. So I always tell people, take the process, take the time, do it yourself. Because if we wait for somebody else to do it, it'll never get done. Absolutely. Absolutely. And is there any last words or things you wanted to kind of share on the podcast today just to touch people's lives? Just to say, you know, everybody be safe out there. We know it's, 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 we're still in a pandemic. Yeah. Uh, in New Brunswick, we're, we're getting hit as hard as Alberta now. Uh, we have a lot, you know, we had 82 cases yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's been a possible exposure now in the community, so I'm concerned. So now we'll have to monitor that. Yeah. Um, you know, be safe out there. Everybody's got to, you know, and, and, and care for one another. You know, we, we should never judge people. I always tell, don't judge people about, you know, how they look, mm -hmm. how they dress, how they talk. Mm -hmm. Judge them by the person they are. And I think that's if we did more of that in the world, we'd all be better people. And I think that's that's what we've got to do. And I, I always tell people, you know, and, and like yourself and myself, we're the pigmently challenged Aboriginal people, yes. right? <laughs> you don't look like your average yes. Aboriginal person. But you know what? That's that's that even helps even more, actually. Sometimes yeah. we don't get that initial judgment. Yeah. And I think that's important, right? So when a person meets you, they're judging you for who you are instead of your skin Where color you um, or your, color or your, your religion skin. or how you yeah. speak. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then lastly, I just wanted to ask if people want to reach out, support, um, or get to know Pabano first nations. I know the website is a work in progress, <laughs> but is there anywhere uh, we'll else? We'll be talking to you about that soon. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow we have, uh, we have the men. So we're going to be working on that, trying to get it more updated and we'll, we'll bring you in on that conversation and, and trying to get that uh, up to date but obviously yes i mean our website is there and hopefully at some point we'll get up to the point where you'll get everything on it yeah and uh, be able to access it and uh you know if you're ever down in new brunswick i mean we have some of the most beautiful scenery down here right? yeah and pabano pabano falls is i mean one of the one of one of the best sites in new brunswick so yes you know if anybody is ever from out west wants to come down east come down and pay us a visit we're very friendly down here absolutely and they can i believe you guys have a facebook page which i'll tag in the show notes and any other websites that you can think of i'll put them in the show notes so people can take a look and reach out sounds good elizabeth perfect Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Terry, and thank you guys for tuning in and listening. Um, hopefully you can take these notes from us just on truth and reconciliation and move forward with grace and kindness and seeking to understand the past and also how we can support the future and moving forward. So have yourselves a lovely day.